Oh, that yeah. feels good. Oh. <laughs> I don't care what they you think. You might want to give a visual to that. No, I'm just letting it stand. It feels so good. Welcome to Buried Cinema. I'm Kevin. I'm Brian. <laughs> Steve. Patrick. I'm Nate. I'm Tom. Did we remove the intro? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, about that's, that's why I paused. I felt early. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we Welcome to Buried Cinema. We discuss new and lesser known films in detail, so there will be spoilers. I'm Ke okay. There we go. Let's try this again. <laughs> was that the intro or are you starting? No, I was, I was <laughs> thinking out loud. Okay. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this again. Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known films in detail, so there will be spoilers. I'm Kevin. I'm Steve. I'm Brian. I'm Patrick. I'm Nate. I'm Tom. And I'm Brian, if you didn't hear before. <laughs> I feel like, our, I feel like uh, our introduction was a parabolic mind? curve. Where it just like started <laughs> out off and just slow. It's like a two-stage intro. The second <laughs> stage just didn't quite kick in. All right. So, uh... Finally, this time around, I'm making this podcast all about me. Um, <laughs> now, the uh, the movies we're discussing uh, all right, are Nate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. so this is what it feels like to be Nate. Uh, this episode, we're discussing McCabe and Mrs. Miller, uh, 1971 film, Warren Beatty, Julia Christie, and pairing with that is Paddington Two. Uh, for those that haven't seen that. I uh, this very much notes. So. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask that. Who, who picked it and why? That was you, Patrick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You said it had you to do something with the theme. I was going to say, your theme. Did you remember your theme? I remember. Right? My you remember theme was... Theme? I feel like we should wait. Oh, yeah, okay. He's no, going to have to explain himself. I don't remember my theme. It was family name movies. No, 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 no. It was family movies. Family movies. Oh, that's right. It was family movies. I originally wanted to have it, like... So, Kevin, Personal. you need more precision with language. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, you have no. some explaining to do. I tried to make it very specific, and then I got poo-pooed on that for some reason I don't remember. And so it was about a paragraph long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, How that's could you get right. more specific? <laughs> anyway, so, continuing. McCabe and Mrs. Miller, I had heard, obviously heard this title periodically as it comes up. Um, this is, it was uh, released in 1971. So pretty old by our standards uh, as far as some of the fanboy movies that we pick, but nowhere near some of the other early 1920s and 30s. That we've... What's that? Almost as old as Kevin. It's actually two years older than me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I looked at that and I was like, sweet, I'm not the oldest thing. Um, it had sound? It, and in color, too, although yeah. the color was a little skeptical. Um, I did have to turn the subtitles on. Though, yeah. <laughs> to understand anything, yeah. So... Uh, this movie set uh, in the winter in the Northwest, uh, back when gold was still uh, booming and, and drawing Wind people hills. Uh, <laughs> across the country uh, in the great uh, manifest Prostitution destiny. was legal. Yes. Prostitution. It wasn't even a question of whether it was legal or not. Yeah. It, it, it was yeah. a career choice. Yeah. So Warren Beatty sets out, and he is a, a man of chance. He's a gambler. He knows how to play cards. He struts into town, into this... I would say probably at the time, maybe a two or three building town uh, with actual buildings. The rest were tents and everybody else was, I would say, probably about 40 or 50 guys in this town, just men uh, that were mining this town. And he comes into town and he brings in gambling. He brings in prostitution. He brings in more people, more buildings. When this started out, I was a little skeptical of my choice. Um, it, the picture quality is very grainy. Uh, the, the dialogue is a little lacking. Uh, it seems. Yeah, I was going to say, those yeah. are both deliberate. Yeah. So, Tom, you were referring, okay, the director, Robert Altman. Do you know some of the other stuff he's done? Yeah, he's done MASH, Prairie Home Companion, and I'm kind of drawing a blank off the top of my head here. Oh, that's okay. Gosford Park. Gosford Park, Shortcuts. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, MASH is apples to apples and, and by the way love mash but apples to apples as far as style and quality so that that makes sense and so it was intentional i just thought because it was older than me that that's what it looked like um <laughs> no that was a style and it kind of fits with that era of, of the the scene you're expecting to be set into so anyway as the story progresses um 
He gets a, a, a nice gambling hall going. He gets prostitutes there. He gets a bathhouse. And then Mrs. Miller, uh, a seasoned professional madam, comes into town. And what's interesting to me, at least, as the movie is moving along, they set up John McCabe as the smart, quick-witted, best person in the town. Um, mm -hmm. And then in comes Mrs. Miller and makes him look like a buffoon. And I love that. You knew she wasn't perfect, but she was able to control the conversation, control the scene. So she comes in as a madam, uh, and the two of them, uh, whether he wanted to or not, partner up, uh, and she takes care of the prostitution, he takes care of the gambling and the liquor, and they've got a good thing going here. It seems like months later, Sears and, I forget the other gentleman's name, Roebuck? Roebuck. Not Roebuck, <laughs> although the joke was made, and I thought that was timingly appropriate, which is yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, two uh, businessmen from a much larger corporation come in and offer to buy out John McCabe, uh, all of his holdings. Uh, and because he's not as smart as he leads people to believe, he really mm -hmm. is in over his head, way in over his head. Yeah. And, and there's a couple of times in the movie where you pick up on how limited his intelligence is because he he repeats his cliches to try and get people to do what he wants. Mm -hmm. And and you know that's an easy tell on somebody, especially for a gambler. Mm -hmm. So the businessmen leave and they uh, they send in their, their hired hand, um, a bear hunter, to come and take care of John McCabe, take him out of the picture. And it goes through the rest of the, the last third of him trying to get away from these guys and Everybody winds up dying in the end. The church catches fire, uh, and Mrs. Miller ends up in an opium den. Yay! So, yay! Happy ending. So happy ending. Happy ending. So to speak. So exactly. Now you understand your theme, right? Yes, Kevin? No. <laughs> Light bulb. Um, so, like I said earlier, when I, when this movie started well, out, in this, Kevin's last name is McCabe. He picked McCabe and Mrs. Miller. He said family movies, and oh. then Pat picked a family movie. Yeah. Well, I think the original title was movies with your family name that are very similar to your family name that are close to the family name and have that name in it. That was your original theme. Uh, and then it might have been a little longer like, than what huh? you said, but yeah. And you said family movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically how we learned it. Okay. Yes, for those, uh, Tom, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, we on the, all on the podcast know this. My last name is McCabe. So that is why I went in this direction. And he lives at 745. <laughs> <laughs> I could be reached. It. Never mind. Are you going to throw something out there? I was like, no, nah, somebody's going to start digging. Um, yeah, the, we got, we actually have listeners now. So I we got to be careful. Yeah, I got to be careful. As I uh, mentioned earlier, the picture quality and, and the dialogue were lacking for me. But as it went on and a lot of the small details, whether it was conversations or whether it was the scenery, although there were some things that I just, uh, I know were older. Some of the zooms were quick and too close. Yeah. Um, but I, I understood what the director was trying to do. And so I just kind of went with it. It didn't take me out of the movie. I don't know if this is A quality for me personally. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a Oh, we're not doing great. Sorry, I apologize. Just say, say whether you liked it or didn't like it and then let somebody come God, in and throw okay. some Thank it you. up already. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I fear change. I don't accept it well. Okay, let me back up a hair. You can't go back in time. You can't like wait three no. seconds and like, no. to, like go. A, I'm, so I'm walking backwards I'm for three seconds. I'm trying to remember a good part where I can stop talking about the grade and just keep going. You said I, I liked it. It wasn't an A movie. So you can just stop with, I yeah, liked it, and then uh, you cut it there. Point, I can take care of the rest later. <laughs> All right. Did Tom just say he'll fix it in post? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll so do then, it live. Um, I did think it was really cool when they were going through the gunfight and the uh, the bear hunter kicks open the church door and shoots the guy's arm off. That was really good uh, special effects makeup artistry for 1971. Oh, yeah. I was very impressed with that scene and others, but that one I was like, whoa, that was pretty cool. I was not expecting that in this whole movie. I mean, you see boobies and, and yeah. full frontal on women just frolicking around in a bathtub. Yeah, it's not too bad. This felt more like an Old West town, like a real, not, you know, Hollywood Old West town, real Old West town than I think any movie I've ever, like Western I've ever seen. It felt like, and it, part of the style, so I'll jump off of what you were saying. Initially, I thought I was going to hate this movie. The first 10 minutes, I can't understand what anybody's saying. It's all a Leonard Cohen soundtrack. I can't stand Leonard Cohen. It's just like, I, I was just like, this is horrible. 
And then slowly I'm like, okay, I kind of, oh, that's kind of cool. And slowly but surely it started drawing me in. And by the end of the movie, I absolutely love this. It's one of my favorite Westerns of all time because I felt like it was a real, it showed real Western life because every extra, everything in this movie felt like a real person. I felt like some guy just walking across the screen, which there was a lot of shots of just random yeah. shit happening. But it felt like they were a living, breathing person living in this town, trying to make it and doing whatever they can to enjoy life. You know, you, of course you have a whorehouse because you work all day. What else are you going to do with your time yeah. when you're done working? You know, and of course you gamble and of course you drink. And yeah. the town hero is not the gunfighter hero of the West. He's kind of a swindler but kind of a good guy and he's kind of also a coward and he's a real person i got the impression that he helped to galvanize the people of the town towards a goal yeah yeah exactly but yeah. he's not the traditional western hero you know the sort of byronic hero that has a dark past but he's actually a good guy and uh, he's actually kind of a coward when it comes down to it you know, yeah, well, and he, he plays himself off like he is, and it, it is a man yeah. rides into town story. And, um, oh yeah, and you're, right. What you're describing is a Robert Altman film. It's, it's it's very natural. A lot of the dialogue, in some cases, will be improvised. And I know for this film, because I studied this in a Western like film class, um, he had the everything in that town is built by hand, built with traditional, the same style they would have made it, so it looks real. And then all of the extras. The, the cast itself is 10, maybe 12 people. The extras, he had them come a few months ahead of time, decide who they were going to be in like the town. What's your role? Who, what's your job? And then literally just like live it out. Um, yeah. So that's you cool. can tell in the, in the movie. Yeah. Right. Feels... They, they seem to be living together. They seem to be, yeah. that they feel like real yeah. people. Um, I also think Warren Beatty in a lot of cases is at his best when there's some sort of insecurity that he had, that he's trying yeah. to hide, like as an actor. Right, this, we'll this. Honestly, I think yeah. this is the best role he's ever done. What about Tick Tracy? Yeah, yeah this is better. <laughs> I, I hate it. Yeah, that was, that yeah, was this is his movie. best role that I've seen him in. Yeah. This is his best role. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it did a kind of a almost documentary style of yeah. like just here's the town. Yeah. And just serves sort of what's happening in the town. Mm -hmm. And you kind of get the, you as a viewer kind of piece the story together. It's yeah. not being fed to you, mm -hmm. you know? I, I, I really Westerns like Westerns with a strong female character, too. It's often said yeah. as like a feminist Western. Um, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but that's mainly just because Julie Christie takes over, right? Yeah. She's smarter. She's running the whorehouse by the end. Right, and McCabe yeah, is just kind of beginning. Don't you know? Take their offer. This is she's she's clearly a much better business person than he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I, I really preferred, or what I liked about this, as the time went on in the movie, the the town was further and further along, and mm -hmm. they forced the viewer to think about it. It exercised my brain in going, okay, wait, so now. The church is a little bit farther along. Okay, they've got the oh, the bathhouse going. Yeah. Okay, the gambling house is here, and it, it's you see the town kind of grow yeah, you up see as it the growing, plot grows. and and it's not like you said they don't come into this town that's already established yeah. in in that Hollywood sense. It's evolving as you would expect it to, and to me that improved the reality of what they were going through. I've seen. I love westerns. I've seen so many. Hollywood West style westerns, which I love. You know, Unforgiven, I call that a Hollywood style western. Uh, 310 to Yuma, all, you know, all these true grit. They're, they're the type of western that I absolutely love. This is, I've never seen a western like this. And I liked it. I liked that it was a different look. It was felt real and raw. And I don't know. I just, I really, really appreciated that. And I was fully expecting to hate this movie. So just so I could be like, fuck you, McCabe. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I, I it was a big risk I took, I, I have to admit. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of on the same side as Patrick here. Um, and it's, it's a lot to do with what was probably, you know, budget constraints and, you know, technology constraints. You know, and a lot of it has to do with... You know, the very mumbly dialogue in the beginning of the movie because it sounds like everyone's talking into the same microphone. You know, <laughs> you've got um, in the, the like the final scene of the movie where 
almost any time they're outside, they have this snowfall graphic superimposed over any of the outdoor scenes. Yeah, but the yeah. snow on the ground was real, it, and it may have been the snow on the ground times. was real, but the snow yeah. in the sky was not. No, yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, just looking at stuff like that, and it was, you know, I understand that filming in the snow is, especially in a scene like that, would be an absolute nightmare. But at the same time, it was just incredibly distracting. You're right, Brian. That the you didn't see snow accumulate on the people, but. Some of the later scenes uh, in that section, I mean, especially when um, Warren Beatty finally dies, yeah. when he like goes uh, the Shining, where he's just kind of like huddled yeah. there and looks real yeah. creepy. He's that's pretty deep snow there. So oh, yeah. yeah, so that's an interesting scene. I read up on that scene a little bit, and apparently Robert Altman was mad at Warren Beatty, so he made him do thirty takes of that scene in real snow. <laughs> Oh, that looked real. That looked oh, so yeah. cold. He was so he was like it miserable. Real. Yeah. And yeah. It was real snow, and he made him do thirty takes of it because Jesus. he was pissed at him. Because Warren Beatty used to ask for what I what I read was that Warren Beatty asked for um, several of his smaller scenes. He'd ask for like re like to keep reshooting it to do it like thirty times more than Altman did. And actually, oh, there are a few I didn't times see why Altman, he was mad. But there are a few times that Altman walked off the set and just let. Let him take as many shots as he wanted with the assistant director. So like, it's not going to get in the movie. But he was just pissed at him for like mess for like oh, trying to take yeah. off the film. And so when he finally had him, and they shot in sequence, so he knew this was the end scene, right? <laughs> and apparently, Warren Beatty hates the cold. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, that, the article I read. I read a little article about this, this role. Yeah. It said he hates the cold because it wasn't supposed to snow. It was a freak snowstorm, oh. and they decided to use it in the movie. I oh. think it worked. Oh yeah, absolutely. It Especially was great, when the you know? uh, the why he wears apricot scarfs. Apricot scarfs. <laughs> you just throwing that out there, <laughs> seeing what what happens. No. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand apricot scarfs. No, it wasn't. That, I mean, it sounded like that, but it obviously Sorry. wasn't that. Both they wrote you're so vain about Warren Beatty. Oh. oh yes. Okay, I, I got. Yeah. I, I've heard that rumor. Um, yeah. In the yeah, last too much so yeah. oh did she yeah, yeah i thought yeah she recently i thought she recently said that that's who it was about yeah okay now the only other thing I, I wanted to mention some of them along the same lines when a uh one of the later extras uh winds up coming in and and he's he, he's got a scene in the middle of the movie for about two minutes and then he disappears in the whorehouse until oh the, the young kid almost the end yeah, yeah. the young kid oh that was and then for no reason whatsoever like, the other guy just calls him he was out reaching. on he was yeah. reaching for his gun. He but was, he, and you, you knew he was setting up. Yeah, he was like, baiting him. I'm like, come on, don't do it. But yeah. that was disturbing. But then he's laying in this freezing cold water. Yeah. I'm going, holy shit, he's going to die. Yeah. Like, he's really going to die. Sorry, dead. Oh, no, like, it, yeah. yeah. They only did one shot. Actor. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. If I, if I haven't seen him and stuff <laughs> since then, I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, he's dead. That was Keith Carradine. Yeah, David's brother. That was actually a real first movie. That is actually the scene where I was like, I love this movie. Because that was gut-wrenching. Like, you knew what was happening, and you have this basically dumb kid yeah. who doesn't know what's going on, and everybody else knows you're going to die. Yeah. And you just feel it coming, and it builds, and you're like, don't do it. You know, yeah. it's like you feel for this kid who's just this goofy kid. And it's like, well, at least he got laid before, you know. But yeah, a lot. Still, yeah, but still, like, you feel bad for this kid because he doesn't. And then Nobody did anything to the guy that shot him. Oh, Nobody yeah. looked twice or anything. Like there's no law, so what do you I know. do? You know, it, that kind of illustrated the, you know, there's always the glamour of the Wild West, right. and that oh, that's yeah. how it was. Like someone like could just said, kill you with no consequences. Yeah. I think this was a fairly accurate portrayal yeah. of it, instead of being a Hollywood portrayal of it. Yeah. It was kind of probably what life was like. You yeah. Just took what you got, tried to get the best out of it. And yep. Sometimes you got sometimes shot. Sometimes you get hookers. Sometimes you get shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody didn't like your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, his face was a little weird. Oh yeah. All right, uh, Tom. I know you've you've said a couple of things, but um, anything else that you wanted to add that we missed? Academically, I think this is a really interesting movie, mostly because of what Steve was saying—the authenticity. I think the production design is is great, and that it does it is one of the most authentic westerns I've ever seen. So I appreciate all that. Just as a a viewer, I didn't really enjoy much of it. And some of it was there was a lot of distracting things. The, the fake snow is distracting. The fake zooms were distracting. The naturalistic dialogue is distracting. 
it's hard to deal with the unfiltered look at monetized rape. Yeah, especially in that first scene where they go into the tent mm-hmm. and there's yeah. a young girl I mean, and she, uh, that yeah. was uncomfortable. And this is the this was the unfortunate reality for yeah. women and for even you know 12, 13, 14 year old girls in the old west, especially in boom towns like this where there's no law. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically a systematic monetized rate and for that just to be like accepted. I don't think he shies away from it though. He doesn't glamorize it or make it seem okay. I don't think it's as much as a, whether we agree with it or not, but this is the way it was at the time. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying I appreciate the authenticity. It's still hard to watch. Yes. It is hard to watch. But what I'm saying is like, there's, she, the madam has that conversation with the girl, like, yeah, this is not fun, and you're going to probably cry the first time, and it's going to be horrible. But how is it any different than the way marriage works these days? And how is it, you know, so they, at least, it's not, it doesn't make it okay at all, but it, it the, the movie addresses it. It doesn't just gloss over, you know, it's not like Moulin Rouge, where it glosses over the fact that they're prostituting out all these women, you know. They do have that one scene while they're still in the tents, the, the young girl comes out and starts yeah. attacking the guy. Yeah. Stabs and him. Th- there was one goof. She stabs him and then he gets he up, gets okay, up. I have to get out of scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I missed Yeah. That. yeah. It, it was it's a minor awesome. thing. Yeah. I'm like, okay. They use, I'm sure they used it really Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 it's naturalistic. <laughs> anyway, um, and then I, I actually, the more action they injected into the film, the more bored I was with it. The whole ending scene was i just got tired of it i think julie christie's great in this movie and i think you're probably right about warren Beatty. this being his best at least one of his best performances that he's better when he's a little unsure of himself um i also think he should always have a beard (laughs) he does look better with a beard oh yeah some guy just should have a beard and warren Beatty is one of those guys yeah i look i look horrible without a beard all right well i didn't talk myself up or down, and I don't think I got swayed at all. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a B. And then I'm going to start at the bottom. Brian. I'm going to give it a C. Patrick. Yeah, I'm going to give it a C. <laughs> that's disapproval, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's the sound of it. You're not coughing up some burger or something? No. Yeah. Okay. Nate. Hey. Thank you, Nate. Tom. Yeah, academically, I'm at about a B. Enjoyment-wise, I'm at about a D, so I'm splitting the difference, giving it a C. <laughs> yeah. I can appreciate the the fairness of that. And Stephen. Hey, easy. Okay. Yeah. I, I There were a minor things about it. I couldn't give it an A. I really enjoyed it, and I would definitely watch it again, um, regardless of the title. I mean, <laughs> so my middle name is John. Hey, this is, oh. you know, perfect for me. Yeah. In the whole movie, they keep saying the great John. I know. <laughs> So, as our final grade, with uh, two A's, two C's, and a B. Three C's. Three C's. Yeah. Did Kevin give it a C? No, Brian, Patrick, Tom. Yeah. Oh, Patrick counts. That's right. Three C's. <laughs> hey, you're still the new guy, technically. Uh, Even though it's been funny. two years. His, name, yeah, so. his yeah. name on the new grade thing is, like, put pushed down under like Scott, John, and Dan. So like I literally I'm oh. reading across and I'm like, who's next? I guess we're all because there. Because he was after them. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Nice. If only we wow. knew somebody who could fix that code. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> somebody. Oh, it, it'll be first right. tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like this math isn't right, but okay. With uh, three C's, a B, and two A's, that gives McKay and Mrs. Miller an A. Yeah, that's wrong. That's cannot. I'm it's okay with that, but that's 100% right. Refresh the page. Refresh it's the page. Probably, that's probably the issue. Okay. I'm probably just not updating. I'm okay object. with getting an A. It's not a gold star, but it's an A. If you refresh the page, that'll probably No, fix. you don't need to refresh. We're good. Moving on with an A for McCabe and Mrs. Mill. No. Okay, all right, all right. It has refreshed. It's probably a B minus. Two A's, three C's, a B. It is, in fact, a B minus, Kevin, okay. or a, a turkey. <laughs> Above it is a turkey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, below. No. Well, B minus is above average. That's B right. minus above. It's a turkey eating a turkey dinner. Oh. I don't see the turkey dinner, but okay. There is a turkey dinner. Yeah, he's eating. A he's turkey got. Dinner. So it's a happy it's the Jeffrey Dahmer of turkeys. Hey, if you want different images, send them to me. I'll fix it. All right, a B minus. I'm okay with that. It was right along in line with what I was saying. All right, so uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Paddington Two.
I think the most important question on this whole thing, and Patrick, you can get to that, is why Paddington 2 and not just Paddington? <laughs> is, yeah. I agree. <laughs> why didn't he start oh. Paddington? Oh, I'll get to that. So, have you seen the first one? No, I've never seen the first one. <laughs> Even more bizarre why you would choose it. But, uh, okay, you said you'll get to it. Yep. All right, so... Kevin's choice of McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Originally, I believe his theme was some a movie that used your family name in it. And there is a movie called Colette that's coming out that I thought would look good, but um, it only comes out in September. And then as he kept re-explaining the theme, it eventually got summarized down into a family movie, which opened up the door to much more possibilities. So um, one of the recent family films that I had actually watched with my kids was Paddington 2. Um, they had already seen the original Paddington, so they were like, they wanted to see Paddington 2, so we watched Paddington 2 together. And I've watched a lot of crappy kids' movies, and I was really surprised at Paddington 2 when I watched it. So I, I was very curious to see how you guys would view this movie. Um, so for anyone else who doesn't know, I believe in the original Paddington. Um, they probably somehow adopted this bear. <laughs> probably. <laughs> why do you, I'm why do you exactly, say probably? I'm not exactly certain how he came, because I still, I want to watch Paddington 1 to figure out the whole thing, but, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll just, we'll just assume from the start of this one, they're living with a bear. The Brown family lives with a bear, Paddington. So the basic plot is Paddington wants to get a gift for his Aunt Lucy for her birthday, and he sees a, um, storybook in a shop that he thinks it is a very nice gift, and he gets accused of stealing it. He winds up wrongfully imprisoned, and he has to escape and get reunited with his family in the end. Look, it's a pop-up book of London, and his mother always wanted, or Aunt Lucy always wanted to go to London, but she couldn't because she saved him from a river. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. That's very key. Yeah. So uh, It's actually, expensive raising kids. You guys should know that. <laughs> I actually, because I'm like you, I haven't seen Paddington 1. I feel like going into this, not seeing how everything was set up, forced me to just kind of accept everything that happened because I didn't know what came before. Okay. So I was just living with a bear. Okay, sure. Anyway, you definitely sorry. Have the premise that everybody's just okay with this walking, talking, clothe wearing bear. Yeah. Now, I, can I ask us just up front? Has anybody prior to watching this one or whatever, never heard of the Paddington story? Oh, no, I had a Paddington bear when I was a kid. I okay. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. I heard of it. I, I didn't know anything about it. So if somebody says, oh, Paddington bear, you create no mental picture. No. Okay. No, I, I had a Paddington bear. Oh, your no. parents are mean. No, I, I grew up in the I show. I grew up on Star Wars okay. and, like, Cronenberg movies, so. No, but, <laughs> I stand okay. by my former <laughs> father. <laughs> I mean, it's when I was like five or something. You know, right. It's not like, but yeah, no. They so had a show, that, Tom? Yeah, yeah. You used yep. to watch it on, um, it was on PBS, wasn't it? Jersey, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. But anyway, I knew of the, the, the storyline. Right. But yeah, so so this was just, I don't know, this this movie, when I watched it, I was just struck by how good it was, Like in my opinion. You know, I thought this was just such an amazing, it was charming, but it was still had... It had, it reminded me, and this is, and I'll be curious to hear Nate, yours take on this, because I also, when I first saw the woman, I, I was like, oh, she, that was the woman from Shape of Water. Yeah. And I recognized yeah. her from that. And that movie was, if I remember when we were talking about it, you guys said it was magical realism. Was yeah. Kind of the, and I was like, I realized, not viewing this as a quote unquote kids movie, but viewing it as a magical realism, like you said, people just accept, okay, there's this Barry talks, yeah. he's part of society, and that's just sort of that realism, but like you just sort of have to buy into that reality. I was like, oh, this, this to me was a better magical realism movie than Shape of Water was as far as having that, that style. I was going to say this is the second movie we've seen where Sally Hawkins stares lovingly while submerged underwater. At yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. This, the scene that I think really hooked me was the storybook. When he, they first opened up that storybook and the, the way the camera, you know, he, they dove into the, the storybook. I don't know, it's all CGI, but you know, and then she, the, the, this, this Aunt Lucy was there with him walking through and then they flipped the page. I was like, this is just, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, but it went too fast. It almost made me nauseous. Oh, really? I love oh, the idea of it. Yeah. But as it's going through, oh, I'm like, mean, like, it's spinning too, too fast. fast. Oh, okay. Huh. And it's going around, and I'm like, I can't keep up with this. Oh, okay. And I, I love the idea of it. I really did. And I have the inner ear of a 40-year-old. <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> I, I got nothing on that. You're right. No, that's probably no, what I'm it is. No, I'm the same way. Yeah. the same way. Kevin's like Brooks in the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yes. 
It's like, wait a minute, he's the old man with the bird, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) You agreed to it. (laughs) Uh, But that's what, like, like, that's made me fall in love with the movie. I also, like, I was watching some of it again, just to, like, refresh my memory for the podcast. And I was like, I think the way they did the eyes on on Paddington's eyes. It was almost more. He he. Sh- they got more emotion from him than a lot of actors can do with yeah. their eyes. I thought. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it, I thought it was just brilliantly done. I enjoyed the movie, and it kind of was like made me want to see the first one a little more. But there are the kid movies that transcend beyond kid movies, and then there's those that are just really good kid movies. And to me, this was a really good kid movie. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just me, but there are certain things I just couldn't turn off like i needed explanations for like uh well why everybody just accepted this bear like what you know that why was everybody just okay with this not just um, people in the neighborhood adults are the ones that need explanations for everything yeah uh, it's true yeah but it wasn't just people in the neighborhood that knew him just random people nobody was like there's a bear walking with well you know what i mean but then and that's, that's right i gotta like turn my mind off mind off for that right um, do you think if you would approach if if it, this wasn't a kids movie and you approach it from like a oh this is going to be a magical realism movie like Hans Lab where you would have just been oh that's this world this is set in no because there were other things or, where okay. they, it was done just for the humor and it didn't make any the the whole gear sequence where he's like going through all the gears yeah right none of the gears are touching which is the whole point of gears right Jesus. so as an adult no I'm like <laughs> what is the point of these gears if they're not like connected. This clock would never keep on. <laughs> I know, but that's like, but as an adult, I'm like, okay, that's just something I have to let go because it's a kid. Yeah, movie, next time right? your mom and dad come into town, I'm going to have a conversation with them. <laughs> yeah. They deprived you of childhood. They're like, all, there are scenes where it Steve likes whimsy. If you think about it at all, it doesn't make any sense. And no, but that's, that's the difference to me between a really a good kids movie right. and a kids yeah. movie that transcends where. There are some kids' movies where everything still makes sense as an adult. This doesn't. If you, like, sit down and there's the, like, Shape of Water, once you accept the premise... I like how you went from kids' movies to Shape of <laughs> yeah, Water. Well, no, it's not you a know, kids', movies, kids but movie, the magical realism <laughs> thing. Once you accept the premise that there's this creature and there's a little bit of magic in the world, but they set the rules right away, and the rest of the movie sticks by those rules. It doesn't deviate. It's in the real world. That's where the realism comes from. It's in the real world with just these slightly altered rules. This movie doesn't work that way. You don't have to accept that Sally Hawkins has gills at the end. (laughs) But that's part of the premise of the initial premise of the movie, that there's these creatures that exist, right? Yeah, but she Um, is a human-looking woman. I think he fell yeah. asleep during the gear sequence. And... Oh, God. Yeah, I, I totally did. That's why I wasn't. I was like, where were the gills in Paddington? I was so no, but yeah, in, in Paddington, they, it's not like they set up a set of rules and everything abides by these rules afterwards. It's the rules kind of change to fit the scene and to make the scene a little funnier or whatever, which is totally okay, but that kind of keeps it from going beyond a certain point. This yeah. reminded me a lot of. Uh, any curious George story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's the same concept where, yeah, you just accept that there's a monkey or a bear or whatever, and they're going to do things that they're going to screw up and it's going to make a laugh. Mm-hmm. and Or, you know, their intention is good, but they can't get it just right. And that's the whole reason you go to watch this kind of movie mm-hmm. is to see, like, you know, when he's washing windows, what does he do? Well, he uses his ass yeah. or, yeah. you know, whatever. It, yeah, it's kind of knowing. His bottom, sir. Yes, his bottom. I think maybe if you had a a little more history of the general storyline, it would have been easier to just kind of disconnect and yeah, let it well, go. I had no problem disconnecting, but the fact that I had to fully Clearly disconnect to enjoy the movie brought it. So then you had a problem disconnecting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Steve, I'm gonna I'm gonna dis- disagree with Steve on this. I think that there is a very simple rule that this film follows. And I think that once you can accept that, I think that's the Paddington quote. If you're kind and polite, the world will be right. And I think that's a very whimsical, very, um, it's incredibly optimistic. And, but that's the rule that this world follows. Paddington is kind and polite to everybody. And so the world just works out in his favor. Yeah. And I, 
And so I think that that's just how, that's the rule this world follows. Now that, that being said, I also, I think, I think this, this movie is wonderful. I love the whimsy. I love the film technique. You already mentioned the pop-up book section. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other sections where they play with the animation, the prison escape sequence where they have them like they pull out and it, it almost feels like a Wes Anderson shot where they pan to the side and they all jump down. It's coordinated. I, um, I do want to say that the, the just to jump in that the whole prison aspect of it was very reminiscent of Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. To me. Yeah. I've actually heard the first Paddington could have been a Wes Anderson movie. I think this That's one almost could have been as well. Yeah, yeah. which I saw some shots. of that, not not a lot. Not all I saw of it, some of but it. yeah. Even the, the the jokes, I think it's incredibly clever. It knows when to be slapsticky. It's um some of the jokes, the whole are also way out there. Hugh Grant is wonderful in this. Yeah. Um, and his his bit when Paddington falls down to the train and he says, "Exit bear pursued by man," right? Is yeah. a, that is a crazy <laughs> Shakespeare reference. Pursued by actor. Right, pursued by actor, he says, right? But it's so great because it's a famous, one of the famous Shakespeare um, actual stage lines that he has is actor exit stage left pursued by bear. And so it flipped that on its head and to find it, um, it's a very British thing to do. But it's, this movie's brilliant, I think, on so many levels. I think it's incredibly creative. And genuine kindness and a genuine happy ending in film, I do think is the hardest thing to do. A lot of times it's sappy, it's saccharine, it turns into a, a Hallmark movie, but this film earns it. Um, and I think it follows that rule. If you're kind and polite, everything will be all right. And it just shows you how that would come together in kind of a, I don't know, Rube Goldbergian sort of fashion. It's a crazy machine. It also makes me just like Brendan Gleeson more. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's one of my favorite people ever. I had just a rudimentary knowledge of Paddington story-wise. I, I grew up watching I mean, when I was a very young child, like probably before I was even a preteen, I was, I was watching Paddington. But I didn't, you know, I don't know the premise, except he's just a bear who gets into situations, you know. Um, and I haven't seen the first one, but this did a very good job as a sequel, I feel, like to stand on its own. Because <clears throat> I didn't feel like I needed to see the first movie to understand what was going on. I No. You, you need to buy into a certain premise, and then when you get past that, I, I think that this is a wonderful movie, just top to bottom, beginning to end. Um, and I, I had heard people telling me what a great movie this was, and I, I'd heard it was like the most like positively reviewed movie ever on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was like, all right, that's weird, you know? Yeah, I've I heard the same thing and felt the same way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I remember seeing the previews originally for the first Paddington, and I was like, this just looks, you know, dumb and slapsticky, and it's, you know, just a lot of visual noise for kids. So I didn't pay much attention. And then when the sequel came out, I didn't pay much attention until I started hearing people talking about it. So when Patrick actually picked it, I was kind of happy because I was like, okay, I can finally see what this is about. And I'm really, really surprised. Like, this isn't just a charming movie. It's like the acting is really good. The writing is really good. The cinematography is amazing. Um, The special effects are great. The humor and the action all work. And it's actually a really brilliant slapstick movie, which you don't see a lot of anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, just these, just these little bits with Paddington. You know, the first time he tries washing the window, and it has nothing to do with plot progression at all. It's just like five minute scene of Paddington trying to learn how to wash a window, and the whole thing, like the bucket of suds and the weight, you know, on on the pulley. And I was like, this is brilliant slapstick. Like, you don't see this at all anymore. Actually, I, that scene reminded me of something Chaplin would do. Good, re- really good slapstick is really underplayed Yeah, by the performer. And and the fact that they're able to get such a, like Patrick was saying, such a an emotive, humanistic performance out of the CGI bear. And, I mean, Ben Wishaw does a good voice performance, too. But I just, I'm really, really impressed by this movie. Really impressed. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to give it an A. Um, Kevin? B. I enjoyed it, but not A, jo- not A enjoyed it. Okay. No hookers or cocaine, no. <laughs> so you can't give it an A. Well, I, I could pass on the cocaine, but gotta have hookers. Yeah. <laughs> really Last good. movie it's, did. Why not? Yeah, especially it's standard, if it's a family really. movie. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's how you get famous. It was part of the theme. Family hookers. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that last one. <laughs> oh. Steve? 
Uh, I'm giving it a B as well, just because I enjoyed it. I it makes me want to see the first one, but uh, it doesn't elevate beyond a kids movie. Okay, Brian, you guys actually talked me up to a B. Um, yeah, I I had I hadn't really considered a lot of the things that you were talking about when I watched it. Um, I did find that I was um, I I felt a little bored at times. I feel like, but thinking more into um, the technical aspects of it, it you, you talked me up to a B. Tom? Yeah, I, I actually disagree with Steve. I think this is, I think this works really well for adults as well as children. I was, I was laughing out loud a lot. Just the humor is so smart. And this is an easy A for me. And also, if Sally Hawkins walked in and asked me to marry her right now, I would. <laughs> So she's on your list of, was it five, a list He's of ten? Married. He can have a list of a billion. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's know. list is a list of infinity because There's no he has no obligation. So. Okay. Damn. That, that, that actually sounded meaner than I intended. That was supposed to be a good thing. Tom. Yeah. Oh, well, that's how I took it. sound yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded jealous. <laughs> yeah. It sounded yeah. jealous. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, exactly. that was the look yeah. on his face. <laughs> The answer is Sally Hawkins, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> just, just so you know. <laughs> if you're listening, Sally. If you're one of the 75. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, and Nate. Uh, I, I'm going to give this an A as well. I'm with Tom on this. I think this is. Um, I think this you is stay dumb. away from yeah. Sally Hawkins. <laughs> hey, uh, hey. I don't want to say. Nate you only has a list her, of five, but, so he's yeah. got a. <laughs> I don't know. Is he allowed to have a list of five? I don't know. We'll ask Sarah. So what do you got? Three A's, A's, three B's. Three B's. Uh, B plus, A minus. minus. Yeah. With three A's and three B's, that gives Paddington's two an A minus. That's way better than my average. Round it up. (laughs) There you go. Which is a mushroom from Mario. Good job, Patrick. Nice. Thank you. Good start. It is a good start. Yeah, I'm taking this point. Somebody can pick Paddington one as a ringer. <laughs> Not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we are going to throw this up on Flickchart. Um, Steve, are you going to run it again? Yeah. So you want to introduce Flickchart and then go into reintroduce Flickcharts. Well, we do podcast. like a, a quick thing, quick intro. So, like, now we're going to move this to Flickchart. Yeah. Steven. <laughs> I thought I said that. So, okay, so we'll throw this up on Flickchart. Steve. Okay, so. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> That was the most unnatural toss I've ever heard. Okay. It was entirely my fault. Not your fault at all. Uh, So the first matchup on Flickchart is against Metropolis. Metropolis. Actually, I'm stuck on that. I've learned to appreciate the movie more. And Paddington, it was okay. It was fun. Um, the, when it reminded me of uh, Wes Anderson, I enjoyed that. The acting was good, but uh, I will, let's put it this way, if one of my kids would, hey, let's watch Paddington again, I'd be like, okay, and then I'd go, like, paint the bathroom. <laughs> That's kind of my opinion of that room. Of that room, that movie. How far into the movie <laughs> you get off the couch and make your way towards painting? <laughs> uh, uh, shortly after the opening credits. Gosh, this is hard. Because I tough. know... I'm actually... Paddington. We got one for Paddington, one for Metropolis. It's a good thing we don't have 11 people on the podcast, Stephen. You'd run out of fingers. <laughs> That's true. I think I'm going to go, this is one of the rare times where I'm going to go uh, just sort of film status and go with Metropolis. Well, because that one's geared just towards adults, so it's easier to understand. <laughs> I feel like I should go Metropolis, but I also like, there's a part of me that knows that that'll do to Paddington. And Paddington totally doesn't deserve to be down there. Neither did McCabe. I, neither did McCabe, but I totally love Paddington. I I like Metropolis. I think it's an amazing masterful film. I'm gonna go with Paddington. Well, we have Brian and Tom left. I thought no, Brian said Paddington. So. Oh, you said Paddington. No, I haven't seen. Oh, Metropolis, you haven't seen Metropolis. Can't so vote. Need to watch Metropolis. Down to Tom. Oh. <clears throat> next week. Paddington. Tom with Paddington. Take that, Fritz Lang. Oh, so that's Paddington wins over Metropolis. Tom chose a CGI movie over a 
1920s black and white movie. I think this is kind of momentous. <laughs> okay, so that puts Paddington 2 up against The Vivitch. Oh, the, I thought you said the village. <laughs> the village. The witch. Paddington. I go the witch. I go Paddington. Paddington. Yeah, I'm going to go Paddington. One makes me feel good. I think it's one for the witch and three for Paddington at this point. If you eat some of that corn, you'll feel good, Nate. Uh, well, somebody might. <laughs> I'm going to go Paddington. If I eat some of that corn, I might start seeing bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going the witch. Okay, so me and Tom went the witch. Everybody else went Paddington, so Paddington wins. That matches Paddington 2 up against, only Tom can rank it, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. I agree. Yes. I would go Paddington. Citizen Kane. Okay, so 4 to 1, and Patrick hasn't seen it. Just making sure Tom heard that. I heard it. Hasn't seen it. I, I know, I know. Citizen Kane wins. And we have Paddington 2 versus In the Name of the Father. Pretty much equivalent themes, <laughs> styles. Catholic Church, I'm guessing. <laughs> I didn't find In the Name of the Father's prison sequences believable, so. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that Paddington end credit musical moment? <laughs> oh, I didn't see it. I did oh, In the Prison, that. where they're all pinked out in their outfits? Yeah. That yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say my my one nitpick about Paddington Two is that Hugh Grant totally had tried to murder Paddington oh. and completely got away with that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going in the name of the Father and it's of the two. Son and the Holy Ghost. I'm the only one standing up for Paddington. I shake my fist at you, uh, Brian, In the name of the Father. Okay. In the name of the Father. Yeah. So it's three to one right now. Patrick Paddington. hasn't seen it. Uh, I went in the name of the Father. Oh, uh, Paddington. Three to, Three to two. In the name of the Father wins. Have you guys ever watched The Mighty Boosh? No. Because no. the director of the Paddington movies, he came up as a director on the TV show The Mighty Boosh, which is just one of those British sketch comedy kind of hmm. things. It's actually I've seen really I've seen parts of it. Look up uh, Mighty Boosh Old Greg on YouTube. It's one of the funniest things I've ever made. How do you spell Boosh? B-O-S-H. Yeah, I didn't mean look it up okay. now. No, I know. I, I'm just... I'll look it up tomorrow at work. And wow, they, they just these movies just keep matching up perfectly. Paddington Two or the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, there was that anal rape scene in Paddington <laughs> Two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the flashback, right? Have fun editing that, Tom. <laughs> oh, we're definitely breaking eighty this way. <laughs> <laughs> Once word gets out of this, I would go Paddington. I'm going the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, me too. So it's one to two right now. <laughs> dragon tattoo. Like I'll go Paddington. Two to three. So a girl with the dragon tattoo beats Paddington. Next movie it comes up against is A History of Violence. Oh, man. Uh, I haven't Paddington. seen that. I have to go A History of Violence on this one. Yeah. Same here. If. Nate picked Paddington 2. That means it's his favorite movie ever. Ever, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which we would not mercilessly tease him for that forever. Absolutely. <laughs> He's petite. He's allowed to like what he likes. What's wrong with liking teddy bears? <laughs> okay, History of Violence wins, which puts Paddington 2 at 110 on our flick chart. Above... A girl walks home alone at night. Mm. The raid and mm-hmm. Contiki. Not the sure which one. Below the guard. Speaking of uh, Brendan Gleeson, once and Albert Snob or Albert Knobs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll be back in a minute to tell you what we'll be talking about on our next episode. Um, so the next time I have the pick and I wanted to do, uh, we're going to do fairy tale movies. And so I chose uh, yeah. a movie that I saw a while ago called Tale of Tales. And I'm really curious to see what you guys uh, say about it. It is a realistic portrayal of fairy tales. And Nate, yeah. where, where are these fairy tales originating? Italy. Giambattista Basile, right? Yeah. Collected fairy tales have some of the earliest versions of like Rapunzel and Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are pre-Grimm's. These are as early as fairy tales get. 
Yeah, he would have he would have done this in like the early to 1600s, I think. Mm-hmm. He was born in 1566, and he died in 1632. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah good call, so, Tom. Yeah, a little history for you guys there. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Comedy and a lesson. <laughs> and then uh, Brian had the pairing. Brian, what are you pairing? I'm pairing Willow, a movie that I haven't seen before. Oh, really? I didn't realize so that. So I wanted... I hadn't seen it, no. I, I kind of knew what it was. Basically, somebody trying to tell the story of Lord of the Rings without telling the story of the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hadn't seen it before, so I was interested in watching it. Wow. I don't think I'd seen it in a long time. I, I, yeah, I been... loved this as a kid. Every couple, couple of years, I watch it. I have it on DVD. Really? Yeah. I had I had never seen it in in widescreen or like not on grainy VHS or on TV. So it only took us years to get Willow on the podcast, huh? Yeah. All right. So join us next podcast. Okay, I'm going to throw this. Wait, who's got the... Brian, you have the pick? Who has the pairing? I have the pick. Steve has the pairing. You can pick Invictus. It's uh, South American Rugby Apartheid, Matt Damon. Oh, that's an A. That's yeah, if grades know. count, that's a fucking A. Oh, I agree. Yeah, but it's grades uh, count. Slam dunk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. Now I'm not like I don't want to just oh let's pick this random movie. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't pick the big green if grades them, count. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you Sometimes do. Who cares? Yeah, you do. Know. <laughs> if you're if you're me, you do. Hey, you yeah. Well, you've got the GPA. You can I mean, play clearly, I, I, whether I care or not, whatever I'm doing is not Coming working. Coming from a man who's flush. <laughs> exactly. Flush with good grades. Yeah. Bend it's like, like you were playing poker and you have a That's stack. And you're like, thinking. it's just like, 10. Yeah. Sports movie is a detractor. Basketball. Oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So would, yep. would Orgasmo be a ragtag sports movie? No. <laughs> Not unless sex is a s- sanctioned sport. It's probably a sanctioned. The NC Triple X. That's got to be a porn title. It's got to be. Somebody Google it. Yeah. Not on a work phone.